Join a Planet Fitness near you from $5 a week plus no locking contract. Enjoy tons of equipment and small group classes. Upgrade to our Black Card membership to bring a friend for free and access our Black Card Spa. Planetfitness.com.au well, every time uh, when we get towards the middle to the end of May, we get fascinated by um, the EPL. We look at the table uh, and we see who's in contention to win it, but uh, just as equally important, and for those clubs down the bottom, who's going to take the drop? Who is going to take the drop this year? And this morning we saw three fascinating matches involving teams, all threatened with just that. Uh, to talk about uh, those games, uh, of course, uh, the Champions League uh, semi-final starting this week, big week in football, is uh, Fred de Jong. He's uh, regular on the show. Thanks, uh, Fred, for joining us. Football administrator, commentator, etc. And uh, as I keep saying, Ota Honga's favourite son. Fred, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Smitty. How you going, man? I'm good. Now, I'll just read you these scores, then I'll ask you a question. Fulham 5, Leicester 3. Brighton 1, Everton 5. Nottingham Forest 4, Southampton 3. 21 goals this morning in three games. Does that tend to suggest you these sides might have defensive problems? <laughs> yeah. that's, why, that's why their goal differences are like minus 25, <laughs> minus 15. Like that, they've conceded 60 goals in the year. It's like, come on, boys, I know which end of the pitch you're meant to be working on. Oh, <laughs> God. God. It was just great result. And great result for Everton, though. Whew. Man, that's what a, about that? that uh, was on the five-one, the five-one over Brighton, because that uh, that certainly releases uh, a bit of pressure on them. And I think that's the first time they've been out of the actual drop zone for months. And so, yeah, so for them, that's uh, for Sean Dyke and his uh, and his crew. That's a that's a huge huge relief. And um, yeah, may, may, maybe maybe they'll. Uh, a massive club like Everton will be safe, and um, I mean, they're fa- facing the drop for the first time in their history, which is a um, pretty amazing achievement as well. Yeah, you're right. Uh, they're two points clear of uh, the drop zone at the moment. Uh, the bottom three places occupied by Leicester, Leeds and Southampton, and Nottingham Forest with uh, a really nervy victory this morning, 4-3 over Southampton. have given themselves just a little bit of breathing space, but I still believe... Mathematically, I'd say West Ham are probably safe now because of the number of teams below them. But my God, it's uh, it's been a, a probably <laughs> it's been an incredible story of of um, poor performance and failure, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was watching the West Ham Man U game, um, and boy, like Man Man U were poor, like toothless, um, unbelievably toothless. But um, and they got and West Ham got gifted a goal by um, De Gea, you know, the ball just bobbled over his arm. Um, but, you know, for David Moyes, you take what you can get, man. And, yeah, they, they uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, from, from a club like that, it's, it is amazing to see them so far, far down the table. But, yeah, safe now. I think, um, what was it, mathematically, the 18th, the average of the 18th place, the points is 35.2, I read the other day. So 36 makes you safe, so West Ham sitting on 37, um, should be uh, pretty much safe, um, and everyone else is just trying to get to that 36 mark, which I think would be probably, um, again, about um, safety, so so yeah, and as you say, it's going to be a tight, tight race, and it's going to go right to the last day, always does. 
Which is a fascinating last day because every match kicks off at the same time and nothing can be influenced by anything. People sit in the grandstands with transistors or their phones, etc. These days it was transistors in the old days, but phones yeah. these days just <laughs> looking at rivals up the road and see how they're getting on as well. It's an amazing atmosphere, the last day of Premier League football. The significance of staying up, Fred, uh, I think that that shouldn't be uh, overlooked. It's, 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 you know, we're looking at the, the club, um, the profile of the club, but the finances of the club as well, and the yeah. ability to retain players. Yeah, oh, it's, you know, tens and tens of millions of dollars. Um, to you know, it, that, that's what the equation's all about. Um, players, obviously, and then you've got uh, all the players, or a lot of your players will be sitting there with contracts that say, if we get relegated, I can leave. Um, so suddenly, you've got you know all your all your best cattle. Suddenly looking out the out the door, trying to get themselves back into the shop window of the Premier League. Um, so yeah, it's for for clubs. It's, it's not just oh look, you know, like in the old days, it's probably oh look, you know, it's not great, but you know, we carry on and we battle on and and this sort of thing. But nowadays, it's like it's um, yeah, it's such a massive um, sort of negative for for the team, for the for the club and the and the region. That, that you're in, um, so so yeah, it's it's much much wider than just oh, yeah, we're going we're going to get relegated, and you can see that in in what's happening um, for the with those teams at the bottom. You know, Sam Allardyce comes in five hundred thousand um, pounds minimum. If even if they get relegated, they're going to pay him five hundred thousand pounds for four games. Um, you know, and if he if he keeps them up, two and a half million pounds he's going to get for like a month's work, and you're going that's pretty good money. That's that's your money, Smithy. That's your money, mate. <laughs> After tax, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's tax is lost in the rounding, mate. <laughs> Fred, look. Let's uh, just go slightly further up the table, shall we? And have a look at a club like Chelsea. What a uh, horrible oh. season, a horrible time it's been for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, everyone will be would would be looking, all the Chelsea supporters will be looking back at the Abramovich era and going, boy, I wish he was back here. Um, and, and I think that's, that's sort of synonymous with, you know, with how um, the, with those top, top clubs, you know, the, the money that sits behind the top clubs, because it all, it is all just a financial equation. You know, and you can see that with Newcastle. They get, a year and a half ago, they get Saudi money um, and suddenly they're in the, in the Champions League, you know, for the first time. So it's no, it's no great secret that it's just, it's, it is all about how much money that you have at your disposal. And, uh, and then, and Chelsea, I mean, Chelsea's, you know, um, Abramovich sells the club and suddenly, you know, I think the, the wheels start falling off and they can't hold the whole thing together, probably because he's not sitting there or there's not someone sitting there just pumping unlimited funds into the club when they need it. And, um, and now you're seeing, you know, the, the, the revolving door of the, of the manager's um, seat. Um, you know, Frank Lampard's in there at the moment. Um, got his first win in like six games or something um, the other day. So, yeah, there's a club that has to rebuild from the bottom. And it'll be interesting to see who they end up with as their manager next year and, and, and mainly how, how, about, how are they going to um, go about rebuilding the club. Because at the moment, if you were a player and you were being, you know, you're looking at the Premier League or being asked to go and play in the Premier League, who would you, you know, the, obviously you want to go to Man City is the, is the plum club mm. to go to. Man City possibly Arsenal, but Chelsea's not a very attractive proposition. So they'll find it harder to attract players, so they'll have to pay more. 
to get those players. So there's, you know, your position on the league also dictates the, how which players want to what are are attracted to come to your club from from offshore and and also from within England. And as Manchester City's, um, I think, competition or, or championship to lose, I, I think. If I look at the though, they've got four games to go. They have a game in hand on Arsenal. They sit at the moment one point clear of them. They have Everton, Chelsea, Brighton and Brentford at home. Uh, oh, sorry, to, to go. Three of those are away games, actually. Um, really speaking, um, I, I, or those four matchups with Chelsea in particular being so poor at the moment, Everton... Desperate, I guess, and um, and they'll be giving it everything, and that's a home game for Everton. That that draw is, well, shouldn't frighten Manchester City coming in, should it? No, 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 no. I think the biggest the biggest impediment to Man City is the Champions League. Um, you know, so I think that the the focus of the Champions League. They never won it before. Guardiola you know, lost the sure he lost the final last year. Um, you know, tinkering with the side. Um, when they everyone it was odds on, they thought everyone thought that Man City were going to lift that trophy for the first time um, last year. Um, they're up against Real Madrid, who can come second in the in La Liga this year, um, but are playing quite well and have and have a um, a bunch of guys in their team who can really influence games. They have a lot of pace. They've got Karim Benzema up top, um, so not a not a given for. Um, for Man, Man City that game, um, and then obviously, but I think the the semi final against Real Madrid is almost the final because you've got um, the on the other side the other semi final Inter Milan and um, AC Milan playing. So probably not a scary proposition for the final, um, but that Real Madrid game for Man City is a huge distraction, and I think that would be the only thing that would derail um, Man City's um, title aspirations. But you know, I, I can't. You can't see that now. That game against Arsenal, when they absolutely unravelled Arsenal um, a couple of weeks ago, was sort of the, the the tipping point for the competition. And I think you know, Man City will lift the trophy. Arsenal, who've had a, an amazing season, um, will just come in behind them. Yeah, Arsenal uh, have three games. Uh, they've got uh, one at home against Brighton, and then two uh, away against Nottingham Forest. That could be a massive game. That uh, for Forest, not so much Arsenal, but uh, and Wolves away. So a relatively tame run in for them as well. But damage done in the last month, probably. Yeah, and we're second best against Man City, and you could, you know you saw you absolutely saw the difference there. Um, Arsenal couldn't handle the pressure that Man City put on them in that game. Uh, and so, they, you know, against lesser teams who don't press as high, um, you know, Arsenal just play around them. They've kept the ball better than any other team in the competition. And that includes Man City um, throughout the year. But against Man City, they couldn't, they couldn't play the way they wanted to play or have been playing all season. And, and again, looked like really lightweight up front. And, and you can see, you, know, you saw the difference there between having someone like Gabriel Jesus up front versus having um, Haaland up front. You know, it was just like, yeah, it was chalk and cheese on, on that day. And then with Kevin De Bruyne running in behind and Jack Grealish down the other wing, boy, you know, and now and now you've got um, Phil Foden back in. I mean, you look at the players that Man City have at their disposal and you're just going, man, must be nice to coach that side. Um, and again, but, they, but again, that just comes down to money. It's just the dollars equation. So, so yeah. 
Fred, you're a striker. Uh, you're a target man up front uh, with your height, etc. Um, I'm not quite sure. I've watched a lot of uh, British football over the years. I don't think I've seen a bigger, more imposing target than Haaland. Can you? Um, oh, who would... Oh, what was that guy's name? Um, no, no, but not, not, not in the same way. Not in the same way. He's, he's a, I mean, he's a bit of a freak. Um, and, and he's just, he's, he's found himself in a team that will just give him the ball, can, can manipulate the ball in the right areas of the field. And, um, and, and then he's just there to finish. And it's, it's actually interesting when you just watch him and the way he doesn't get involved in the play much. He just, he's just there and there, there around the penalty area. And he's just, fin- he's just a great, great finisher. And um, he doesn't score amazing, well, one or two spectacular goals through the year. But they're not amazing goals. There are a lot of them are tap-ins on the back post, headers on the back post. But the delivery into the box is amazing. And he gets himself in the right positions. Um, because Man City have had players play in that same position who aren't as effective. Um, but he has the pace, the strength, you know, the, the aerial ability just to finish off all these moves. And, uh, and, and then sometimes, you know, his combination play, he holds the ball up quite well, um, but his combination play with, as I said, with De Bruyne especially, is, um, mm. is very, very good. And, uh, yeah, he's, boy, he's, and he, he, not many players have ever been on a scoring run like he's on at the moment. It's unbelievable. No, not many. He's gone past Andy Cole, and uh, Andy Cole had a, uh, a longer season, I think it's fair to say, too. Uh, Fred, what about yeah. your Barcelona? have just romped away with La Liga this year. Very <laughs> impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're rebuilding um, from the days of uh, Messi. So, you know, they, they, they're in finan- they were in financial strife a couple of years ago, had to sell Messi, um, and so rebuilding from that point. Um, so... Yeah, we'll just see. I mean, at the moment, they're, they're almost like just another team um, when, when their slogan's more than a club. And it's like, yeah, man, I think you're just, just another club at the moment. Um, so um, we'll see. We'll see. You know, they've, they've pulled in Lewandowski, but we'll see what they, can, what they can do over the next couple of years. They have to do well in Champions League. And that, that's sort of the benchmark for clubs like yeah. uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid and like, um, I think some of the other subplots, in the, especially in EPL, will be interesting over the summer. Like, your Harry Kane, mate. Is he going to go to Man U? That'll be the big question, the big talking point for the, for the off-season, I think. Yeah, it will be. Um, I don't think so. Um, you know, I mean, once Spurs, always Spurs. I've always found over the years, Fred, to be perfectly honest. Here's a, here's, here's a question coming specifically for Fred. Does Fred think that Gareth Bale will play for Wrexham? No, I don't think so. I think uh, it would be a fantastic story, um, but I think Gareth Bale's more focused on his golf now. I think uh, <laughs> it would be a lovely because that is, I mean, the the, the Ryan Reynolds thing is is was so um, it's such a joyous sort of story. A guy who comes in, sort of buys a club for the hell of it, and then you know, and then just goes on this amazing ride and really enjoys it. Just someone who is just really enjoying like the, the football for, for like the first time. And you, and you look at him in, in the early, you know, for the, for the games when he first started and he's jumping around in the, in the owner's box and, and, and that, and he's just, it's just a good, fun time for him. And probably now it'll start getting cynical. And that's the, that's the sad bit because it does, it always does. 
you know, and now they're in the in the in the fourth tier. Um, it'll be like the players will want, you know, who do I have to get, um, you know, and the money involved and all this sort of stuff and the the ups and downs, and and you know, I think the cynicism might start coming into it, which which is a bit sad, but that's reality. But um, just for a year, it's been such a really uh, a really good story, a really nice football loving story, which um, which has been amazing for the the, the city of Wrexham. So, you know, something to look back and go, that was good, that was nice, that's football. Yep, I was there when it happened. Absolutely brilliant, Fred. Uh, great to catch <laughs> up with you. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's uh, the next um, what two weeks will be absolutely fascinating. Yeah. In the EPL. Uh, particularly yeah. at the bottom of the table. I, I, I look forward to it. <laughs> Tears for your time, man. Have a, have a terrific awesome, day. Mate. Cheers, mate.